state of Utah in Grand County and San Juan. They dig the yellow stuff that makes the atom bomb. They do the uranium miners boogie. The uranium miners boogie. It's the uranium miners boogie. They dig digging all day long. You are listening to Men in Lead Aprons. Everything you might want to know about radiation, the good, the bad, and the not yet known. This is a regular podcast from the Columbia University Center for Radiological Research from the heart of New York City. And here are your hosts, Dr. Eric Hall and Dr. David Brenner. Hello and welcome back to Men in Lead Aprons, a series of podcasts from the Center for Radiological Research at Columbia University in the heart of New York City. This is episode six, and today we will discuss scanners at airports. We all want to be safe when we fly, but it can be very irritating to have to remove shoes, jacket, belt, cell phone, and still set off the alarm because we forgot about the small change in our pocket. But there is more to this subject than irritation. My name is Eric Hall, and for more than 20 years, I was director of the Center for Radiological Research. So let me introduce my fellow man in a lead apron, David Brenner, who is the current director of the center. Good morning, David. Good morning, Eric. So today we have a a special guest, Dr. Sally Amundsen, who will be making a contribution later in the podcast. So good morning, Sally. Good morning, Eric and David. So, David, I believe that you have really kept up to date with the technology and the evolution of the different types of scanners that have been introduced at airports in an effort to try to keep ahead of the potential terrorists. I believe also you've published and lectured on this subject. Uh, That's absolutely correct. And, uh, in fact, I've testified before Congress on this subject. Before we get into any details, can you give us an idea of the magnitude of the problem? How many people in the U.S. go through a scanner each year? Well, it's a remarkable number, Eric. Uh, and it, we, we don't know precisely the number, but uh, at the moment it's something like uh, 800 million people go through security every year in the USA. And of course, it's not 800 million different people. Some people go through security many times. But by the year uh, 2020, it's anticipated that that number will actually become one billion people. So that's a thousand million people going through the security scanners in the U.S. every year. A remarkable number. A billion scans a year? That's a much bigger number than I would have guessed. So, David, can you describe briefly the various types of scanners that have been introduced and the nature of the illegal or dangerous items that they were supposed to detect. So we need to distinguish between uh, scanning uh, the carry-on bags and scanning uh, the passengers themselves. Uh, the scanners that are used for uh, carry-on bags, of course, everybody's familiar with that. You put your bags on a conveyor belt and they go through uh, what is actually an X-ray scanner. Uh, We have no uh, health concerns about those x-rays, of course, because they're limited to inside uh, that uh, um, uh, conveyor belt and uh, no people are exposed. So our concern is scanning actual people, and uh, that's what we'll be talking about for the rest of this podcast. Okay, David, so turning to the more important issue of scanning passengers... Can you explain to us the changes in scanners that have occurred and the reasoning behind the changes? 
Sure. So for, for many, many years, uh, the standard scanner was a, a metal detector. And we're all familiar, of course, with those. That's just a little arch which you walk through and uh, can it's very efficient at detecting metal. So it was good at detecting uh, guns. It was good at detecting metal knives. Uh, and things were fine until uh, around 2009... Uh, you may recall the so-called underwear bomber who, who hid some explosives in his uh, underwear and happily didn't uh, uh, manage to set off an explosion. Uh, at that point, the TSA, the Transportation Security Administration, decided that there better be some technology for actually screening for non-metallic uh, dangerous objects and in particular for explosives. So they pushed the development of what is now called Advanced Imaging Technologies, or AITs. Uh, those are the technologies th that are in use today, which are essentially whole-body scanners which are designed to detect explosives and weapons. Well, well th thank you for that, David, but I think you should go on now and explain um, the different types of advanced imaging uh, techniques and, and the problems that uh, emerge from them. Yeah, so actually there are two types of uh, technologies which have been deployed in airports. and I must say there are many, many more technologies which people are trying to develop but haven't reached the stage of being uh, deployed in airports. So the first type which uh, appeared in uh, airports ar around 2010 uh, was the so-called X-ray backscatter scanners. So you may recall those devices. Basically, they were two big blue boxes, and you walked in between them and stood there for a moment. So inside those blue boxes were uh, sources of X-rays and detectors of X-rays. The idea was that the X-rays would bounce off your body, and more importantly, bounce off the explosives or weapons that someone might be hiding. And you end up with an image of the body that includes an image of any explosives or weapons. So you get a visual image of potentially any explosives or any weapons that are actually on that person. So there were, there were several issues with, uh, with these X-ray um, scanners. And uh, in fact, as, as we'll talk about, they're not, they're not in airports anymore. So the first issue and the one that we got uh, most concerned about was the fact that, uh, as we've talked about in all these programs, uh, this was exposure to x-rays, and we know that x-rays, uh, in principle, can cause cancer. So, you know, we don't, don't want to have any unnecessary x-ray exposure. Um, now, and I'll talk about this more in a moment. And the, the other issue was actually the issue of privacy. So, essentially what came out of these systems was an, was an image, essentially, of the naked profile of the person. Uh, together with, of course, with any explosive or weapons, if there were any. So there were all sorts of issues of privacy uh, associated with that. And uh, you know, eventually the idea was to try and create kind of stick figure images. But uh, this, was, this was really one of the main issues of why those devices got taken out of uh, uh, circulation in this country. But the, the bigger issue... Uh, at least in, in our opinion, was the fact that these were X-ray scanners. And so they produced uh, some X-ray dose. And as we've talked about throughout the series, uh, X-rays can damage DNA and ultimately have the potential 
to cause cancer. So David, with all of these uh, concerns, are these x-ray scanners still in use in airports? I never quite know what the scanners are. Well, actually, uh, they're not, Eric, and uh, we'll, we'll get to the fact that the other type of scanner a bit later. Um, but the, as, as we've talked about, there, have been, there are two issues. There is the issue of the X-ray radiation exposure, and then the, there are issues of privacy. So the, these X-ray scanners have been taken out of service, both in Europe and in the USA, but actually, interestingly, for different reasons. In, in Europe, they were taken out of uh, service explicitly because there were concerns about the, uh, the, the radiation risks involved, and we're, again, we're going to talk about that. In this country, uh, explicitly, the TSA took these devices out of service because of concerns about, about the privacy issue. So, interestingly, they, they took them out uh, in both, in, both in the USA and in Europe, but for different reasons. So, David, you've told us about the X-ray risks, but can you go into a little more detail? Because uh, uh, my understanding is the doses are quite low. Uh, you're absolutely right, Eric. Uh, the doses are actually extremely low. And uh, um, in, in a moment, I, I hope our guest, uh, Sally Amundsen, will go into that in a little more detail. But absolutely, the, the doses are very, very low indeed. And here we, we run into the issue that we've talked about in several podcasts before. Um, when somebody is exposed to a very low dose of radiation, we know that the risks are going to be very small but we don't know exactly how small. And that was always uh, our concern with these scanners. So the individual risk uh, from one of these, uh, going through one of these scanners has to be very, very small. But as we talked about earlier in the podcast, if a billion people are going through these scanners, then you take that uh, individual risk and you multiply it by a billion because uh, the a billion people are under, undertaking this very small risk. So we don't really know what the long-term consequences of a billion people uh, being exposed to a very small dose of radiation might be. So that uncertainty uh, was really what caused the Europeans to take these devices out of operation, uh, and we think that was a good idea. So, David, what are the scanners that are, that are in airports now? So, uh, if, you, if you go through a whole-body scanner in, in the U.S. or most countries in the world uh, airport today, uh, what you're going through is a so-called millimeter-wave scanner. So, you can sort of tell the difference. As I said, the, the old X-ray scanners were a couple of blue boxes on either side of you as you walked past them. The millimeter-wave scanners are a cylindrical uh, uh, transparent uh, box which you walk in the door closes and you hear a little bit of noise you put your arms over your head and uh, then you walk out so in some sense they operate on the same principle they, they, they fire some radiation uh, at your body and then they look for the scattered radiation back but it, in this case, it's not X-ray radiation. Uh, it's a type of radiation called millimeter wave. And millimeter wave radiation is actually very similar to the microwave radiation that uh, you and I use in our microwave ovens at home. Uh, very much lower intensity. And as far as we know, there are no 
risks associated with very low-intensity millimeter wave scanners. Um, it's always hard to say there is no risk because uh, it's very hard to prove a negative. But uh, we don't think there's a risk. I mean, we, in the case of X-rays, we know how X-rays can actually end up producing cancer. X-rays can break DNA strands, and that can cause ultimately uh, cancer to start. Um, these millimeter waves don't have enough energy to actually break DNA. So it seems very unlikely to us that uh, these have any harm associated with them. And certainly there's been no data to support the fact that there's any harm associated with them. David, my understanding is that the powers that be may return to X-ray scanners in the future, despite the problems involved. Is that true? Uh, there are certainly uh, many rumors going around that X-ray scanners may come back in this country. And again, let me remind you of why X-ray scanners got taken out of service in this country. It wasn't because of the uh, potential radiation risks. It was because of the privacy concerns. So from the uh, TSA's perspective, well, the uh, manufacturers now have, have overcome those privacy concerns. And so they are, I think, quite keen to have a different type of technology back in service in, in competition with the millimeter wave scanners. And I think their motivation is, is primary, primarily economic. They want two different technologies competing against each other in terms of the cost of the machines to try and drive the machine costs down. Uh, but uh, myself, I'm not so sure I, I find that a very comfortable view. Uh, if, if Europe has uh, stopped having these scanners for health reasons, uh, I think we should too. Well, thank you, David. At this point, I think I would like to introduce a special guest that joins us today. Sally Amundsen is an Associate Professor in the Centre for Radiological Research. She joined us at the Centre about 10 years ago now. Sally was recently a member of a committee formed by the National Academy of Science, to address questions concerning X-ray scanners. Their report was recently published. So, welcome, Sally. Can you explain to us the issues that you addressed? Well, thank you, Eric. Um, yes, the National Academy's report focused on compliance with the standards that were in place to regulate the backscatter scanners. And there were two principal issues here. First, addressing the limits on the radiation dose that was received by passengers going through these scanners. And secondly, the requirements for the safety interlocks and also routine operational procedures for these devices. So looking first at the dose limits, uh, unfortunately, by the time our committee was formed, all of the X-ray scanners had already been removed from airports. So we weren't able to examine them actually in their natural habitat, as it were. Um, but we did have the opportunity to access a machine that was um, at a research laboratory in Washington, D.C. So this was one of the same uh, scanners that had been taken out of the, the airports and was now in a research lab. We were able to uh, look inside it and uh, play with the interlocks. We were also able to, very importantly, make some um, dosimetry measurements using this scanner. And uh, then a little later on, we were also able to make similar measurements using a prototype device of the kind which uh, may be the next generation that uh, they're thinking about deploying. 
and that was uh, set up at a TSA test facility. So from the measurements that we were able to make on these devices, we found that both the, uh, the old model that had been used in airports and the prototype uh, complied with the standards that were in place. And in fact, the dose from a single scan from either of these machines was about 10 times lower than the limit that was in place. Well, that's interesting. These doses are really low. Uh, what about the safety standards? I have stood in one of these scanners and wondered what would happen if it got stuck. Well, that was something that the committee was also very concerned about. And uh, so we thought of uh, all the worst possible cases that, that we could. If all of the interlocks were to fail, highly unlikely that they would all fail at the same time. There are many redundant safety systems in place in these machines. But uh, we did consider the uh, very rare chance that everything could fail at the same time and the beam could get stuck in a single position so that it would deliver the entire radiation dose from the whole scan into one point on a person. And uh, even in that highly unlikely situation, the dose would still not pose a health risk. Well, thank you, Sally. That's an interesting piece of information. Uh, David, do you wish to make a comment or to add to this uh, discussion? Oh, I always want to make a comment, Eric. So, uh, um, so, so what, what Sally was talking about are whether the, these X-ray scanners actually were in, in accordance with the current uh, limits on, on these scanners in terms of dose. And um, sure enough, they are, which is uh, certainly encouraging. Um, but you, you'd have to question where do these limits come from? I mean, because we don't actually know what the effects of very low levels of radiation are. So in my, uh, my opinion, these limits were kind of arbitrary. And uh, you know, the fact that we don't know what the risks are at very low doses, we know they're very small, uh, is, is of concern, again, in the context of a billion people going through these scanners. And, and it's, it's relevant, I think, to point out that uh, not everybody going through these scanners is, is the same. Uh, so children would go through these scanners, and of course we know that children are more sensitive than, uh, than adults to radiation exposure. Um, we know that uh, some people will go through these scanners a lot more than others, and an obvious case is, uh, is aircraft uh, personnel, pilots and, and crew. Um, on average, uh, they go through security scanners anywhere from 200 to 400 times a year. So take the dose and then multiply it by two to four hundred in their case. And of course, we also have uh, frequent flyers. A, a, a heavy-duty frequent flyer would go through security perhaps two hundred times a, uh, a year. So again, it's not the uh, individual um, um, uh, passage through the scanners that we should worry about. It's people going through the scanners uh, many times. Uh, that said, right now, both in uh, the USA and in Europe, uh, we have moved away from these X-ray scanners uh, to millimeter wave scanners. And I think they're just as efficient at detecting explosives or weapons. So from my perspective, if we can detect them and not use X-rays, we absolutely should. Thank you, David. Uh, that's a good note on which to close. And a special thanks to Sally for your input today. So that's all we have time for today. 
Uh, and thanks, Eric. And just like almost all the other issues that come up associated with radiation, it's a matter of balancing the risks and the benefits. And the benefits of efficient screening for explosives and weapons are pretty clear. But if there is an alternative to using whole-body X-rays, such as the current millimeter wave scanners, we should definitely use that alternative. I'm certainly very comfortable going through a millimeter wave scanner. Just a reminder, please rate and review us on iTunes on the Men in Lead Aprons page. Or if you have comments and questions, please visit our website, which is crr.columbia.edu. There is a link to Men in Lead Aprons where you can follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, or email us directly.